Shomrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Sandman Volume 2, Doll's House, Collecting Issues 9 to 16 of the 1988 Vertigo Comics series by Neil Gaiman, Mike Dreikenberg, and others. Published in 1988. Yes, you already said that. Oh, I said it twice. Benjamin. Get out of here. Benjamin, thank you for coming back to Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. In honour of Sandman, I will be talking like this for the entire episode. Oh dear. It's going to be trying. <laughs> I thought you were going to say riveting, but trying is No, it's is not. Look, I'll stop. Part. I'll stop, Benjamin. We don't, no, nobody has time for that. Nobody has time for acting like the character Morpheus. Benjamin. Yes. I first read this comic book back in the depths of time before you even were born. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also not true, but you know, since we're uh, since we're living in a world of dreams and lies and imagination, I might as well add to it. Benjamin, I Why first not? read this Why Bloody Not says you. I think I read it in the early 2000s, perhaps the year of our Lord 2000 itself. Quite a year. And this was my Introduction to the whole character and concept of Sandman. Oh, very good. Volume 2. Volume 2, Benjamin, The Doll's House. Although we covered Volume 1, Preludes and Nocturnes, Benjamin. We did. Probably two years ago. We did. This was a young Mick, Benjamin. I tell you, I had a long black jacket on. Ah, a duncher. I had a big pale skin, Benjamin. Ah, yeah, nice. But I tell you what I didn't have. A big bushy head of hair. I did have a big bushy head of hair, actually, Benjamin. It was a big, spiky, blonde head of hair, Benjamin. I did not look like the character Morpheus. I looked like one of the brothers from the Scottish band The Proclaimers. Oh, very good. Yes, much less cool, Benjamin. But it was this that that grabbed my interest, Benjamin, as the first ever comic book that I read that wasn't about superheroes that grabbed my interest. Oh, very good. I'll tell you what, Ben, what even is Sandman? Sandman, Michael, is a 1988 comic book series by Vertigo Comics. And, Michael, it's all about the Lord of Dreams, Morpheus, Mm. who's one of seven endless that have been around since time immemorial. They are literally brought into creation with creation itself. Benjamin, although you would hardly know that from this particular comic. Ah, this doesn't give you a whole lot to go on, Michael. Sure, it doesn't. Because we only brush up against four of the endless in this. Yeah, there's just a a gentle brushing a gentle, a little, a little brushing against four of them. Although, interestingly enough, Benjamin, yes. you could argue that Dream of the Endless Morpheus himself, Neil Gaiman, a young Neil Gaiman, a isn't young Neil Gaiman, the, isn't the main character of this comic book. No, he very rarely is, Michael. In especially in this volume, he's not important at all. He's barely bloody in it, Ben. He's kind of a force of nature more than a main character. Yeah, definitely. He's just he, something that affects the... He's Michael, in many ways, he's a deus ex machina, but he's the deus that's always... Ex machining. Ex machining. He's, he's mm. just knocking around waiting to ex machina. You know? Yeah, exactly. And very different from Volume 1, Benjamin, because in Volume 1, he was it was very much about his quest to get his stuff back. Yeah, give me back my stuff, goddammit. Give me, exactly. I think that's an exact quote. It was one of Neil Gaiman's proudest lines <laughs> when Morpheus said, give me back my stuff, God. That's what would have happened, Benjamin, if Garth Ennis had written uh, 
had written Sandman. Take that, Ennis. <laughs> Took him down a peg. Oh, God, I'm just imagining an Ennis written Sandman. It's awful. Oh, it'd be very good, very racist. Benjamin, not that Garth Ennis is a racist, just there would have been more racist characters in it. He loves yeah, a racist to, character. To, to highlight and hoist America by its own petard, so to speak. Exactly, Benjamin. Benjamin, we're going wildly off uh, rhyme or reason here, but there's a lot of Americana in this, isn't there? Ah, oh, the stacks of it, Michael. This is this is Neil Gaiman's America, though. Neil Gaiman's America is bloody dark and dingy, Michael. All the way from volume one in that episode we did. Dark and dingy diners, fucking dusty motels, uh, lots of sinisters going on in the back streets of America, Michael. There's nothing American pie about this, I tell you. Uh, no, and... It, the, Neil Gaiman's America is a very good way of uh, of saying it. I read a thing, Ben, recently. I don't know where I read this, but you might be able to tell me off the top of the head where I heard this. Go on. But I read a thing that said um, Europe is spooky because it's old and America is spooky because it's big. I think that's a direct Neil Gaiman quote. Is it? It sounds I, I, like I, Neil Gaiman, doesn't it? I think that's a direct Neil Gaiman quote. Um, I think, good. But I mean, it's a perfect it's a perfect way of kind of approaching this text, um, because I think what makes America a terrifying place is it's so great, big, bloody, wide open, and full of people, and mm. not all of them good. A lot of them not very good. Benjamin, this is unlike the recent. I have to say, hold on a second. Let's you, let's go, go get on, to, let's get us back and let's let's take our time here because I think we're rushing through this, Benjamin. Did you all like right. this? Yes. Yeah, me too. So let's yeah. get that out of the way. Let's this get that out of the great. way. It's great stuff. It's uh, fucking uh, belter stuff, Michael. Absolute belter, Benjamin. Seminal stuff. Bing bang, wish wallop, belter stuff. Benjamin, it's the kind of stuff that comic books have been chasing for years, trying to achieve this again. Yeah, exactly. It's the lightning they let out of the bottle, and it's what people are trying to just recreate, Michael. And it's not happening. No, or, well, it or, might eventually. Well, it's happened a little bit here and there, but we'll get into that yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never give up, as they say. Yeah, don't give up, American comics. Yeah, don't give up. Keep trying. Benjamin, we read Lucifer for this podcast we quite did. a while ago. Do you remember? We did. Which Lucifer now? Hang on. The the recent Lucifer. Yeah, we did. Dreaming. It was very good. It was okay. That's Stingy that Jack very... Michael. Hmm? What's that say? That stingy, stingy, stingy Jack in it. Yes, you're right. Are you looking about for it there? Uh, no, I was looking about for it, but my dog has joined me for the podcast. She's oh, about to classic lep up dog on the, podcast time. There, there lep she up. is. Ah, oh, there she is. She's got a bottle, Ben. She's got a big, noisy <laughs> water bottle in her mouth. That's going to be great stuff. She has. This is magic. Just chew away on it there like a nightmare. Benjamin. But yeah. where I was going with this is this is dense. <laughs> This is some dense stuff. And I don't mean dense as in stupid. Yeah. I mean, bloody hell. There's uh, a whole lot there, going on. <laughs> let's be honest with the listeners, Ben. I forgot to read this. So yeah, I've you did. Re- I did, Benjamin. Look, I have COVID. You can probably tell from my voice. I have COVID. I've got a bit of mind fog. So it feels yeah. in a lot of ways like I'm a character in this. I feel like this is happening to me as well as I'm actually reading it. But <laughs> you, you entered sent, the dreaming. You, yeah, I've entered the dreaming, Ben. But you said to me about four hours ago, don't forget we're doing collecting issues today. And I said, oh, bloody hell, I did forget. Don't worry, I can easily read it between now and then. I tell you what, you I couldn't. You fucking couldn't. It was hard going. There's fucking loads going on there. 
there's so much going on. I was reading this, Ben, and reading is very much the right word for this. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, Neil Gaiman, would you ever just write a book? <laughs> Give over with this comic book nonsense and just write a book. Neil, what's with all the words? What's Neil? with all the words, Neil? If you wanted to write a book, why didn't you just write a book? Uh, he did that a few years later, Michael. He took all his angsty Americana vibes and put it into American Gods. He's written several books, in fact, Ben, as far as I'm aware. Several very good books, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we dare and say so ourselves. If we do dare say so. And I'm not saying, Benjamin, that the story, the visual side of the storytelling here is in any way lacklustre. But there's a good bit more reading in this than there is in many comics. Yeah, you've look, you're not getting through a panel with a swift glance of the eye, Michael. You're going to have to do a bit of visual, ocular digging, if you will. Yeah, yeah, like the Corinthian. Like, oh, no, that's the wrong ocular digging. Oh, boo. He's just digging those oculars out, Ben. Oh, he's a real sicko. Yeah, he's not a real he's... sicko. Um, uh, what I find interesting about this, Michael, you, you touched on it there a little bit earlier. You talked about how they're trying to reignite that with, um, you know, re reimaginings of these characters. In some cases, 30 years on, we looked at the modern retaking of Lucifer mm. and... That's been brought out under a sub-label of DC Comics now because Vertigo's all gone, Michael. It's all gone. Vertigo's all gone, but it's under a sub uh, a subtitle of DC Comics called the Sandman Universe. And they've literally taken all the characters that they made all their money off in the 90s and rebooted them and been like, uh, look, look, there's uh, there's Lucifer. He's back. Look, there's the Dreaming. There's Lucian, the the bookkeeper. He's there. Look yeah. at him. Yeah, oh, there's, there's the Lob. There's bloody John Constantine. Chuck him yeah. in there. Everybody's favourite character, Hob Galding. Oh, Hob Galding, what a man. <laughs> what a man, what a man, what a mighty fine man. One of everyone's favourite characters. One of everyone's favourite characters, Michael. And they're trying to bring that back, but they're never going to really get it because there's a weird old-timey oddness to this in terms of comic books. There is, isn't there? It's um, the, It's definitely of its era. Weird things are happening for no reason other than Neil Gaiman occasionally went out to an S&M club or a drag show and went, oh, that'd be good to put in a comic, wouldn't it? Let's put it in. Go on, do do tell me more on those topics, Benjamin. I'd like to hear more on those topics. So what I mean by that, Michael, is, you know, we saw this, this happened tons and tons. Look up any interview with We Grant DM, Grant Morrison. Oh, yeah. And you'll be you'll be lambasted, Michael, with quotes of, I, I was just going out and, you know, experiencing life. I was going out and I was, you know, channeling chaos magic through my through my loins, you know, and you'll get all kinds of weird things. And it's because he was going out and getting high off his tits on drugs, Michael. Oh, good old Grant M. And that's okay. That's okay. But I don't doubt that Neil Gaiman may have been on, not an exactly similar journey, but not an entirely different one either, Michael, where he was going out with a bunch of cool people that dressed all in black. He was in, he was in the 90s new wave punk scene. You know, it was mm, a whole thing. But, yeah. And he was meeting all these cool people and he was just like, I'm just going to put them in comics. <laughs> put everyone in comics, that'll show them. Benjamin, in, in some senses, this was very cutting edge for its time. But in in many ways, it's it feels quite... I mean, it does feel old-timey, but also its politics are very of the now. Yeah, I think one of the... Inter- it's it's going to be hard for us, Michael, to talk about this without, without referencing the real world, sadly. Mm. Um, we, right now, at the time of, yes. of publishing, we are yeah. in the middle of the Sandman Netflix wave. Mm. Um, 
And in our current politics, there's a lot of division. A lot of people are claiming woke police and mm. the likes about the television series. But reading this, Michael, Neil Gaiman's not wrong. This was a weird fucking comic and it was very open to new ideas and identity politics. Oh, Benjamin, there's there's two women who might be sisters or lovers or who... There's all knows. kinds of things going on here. There's, there's, there's Carter uh, Hall, there's, the... Hal Carter, sorry, Hal Carter, the the strange transvestite. There's, you know, there's loads of stuff going on here, Michael. I don't think he's strange, man. He's just a commoner garden transvestite. Unless he bursts into your room and starts doing a monologue from his play in the middle of the evening. Benjamin, I have never met a transvestite who hasn't done that. <laughs> Oh, right, okay. You and I hang around with very different transvestites. Yes, I know, yeah. My, the, my circle of transvestites won't be having any of your lads. <laughs> uh, it's like the Jets and the Sharks, Ben. <laughs> it's like a modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Anyway, houses of transvestites. there's loads of things going on here, Michael. There's modern American politics that are still relevant today, apparently. There was, I suppose, politics of the then... Like peak '90s themes as well, you know, the dismantling of the American dream here mm. and there. I suppose the '90s was the final death rattle of that nuclear family American pie vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's none of that. Yeah, there's none of that, and any character that exemplifies that turns out to be a real wrongin. Yeah, Barbie and Ken, for example. Barbie and Ken, no bueno. Yeah, no bueno. Ken gets a lot of blame there. Ken gets a lot of blame there. I don't think that's fair. He's he's yeah. Ken just is all about money and sex, and Barbie's like a free spirit who's been hemmed in by him. I think is what was happening there. Yeah, it was it was real bad. It was Big real gross. bad stuff. There's Benjamin. Some of the murders in this, oh, are very mean. Oh, very horrible. Straight out of like Benjamin. Have you ever seen the film Seven? Yeah. Beginner's stuff compared to this. Somebody. Somebody read Sandman and went I'm going to make this into a movie and then went oh but I'll never get away with the stuff they did in this on the screen oh horrific stuff going on the Corinthian real bad egg yeah he's no use as a bloke Benjamin he was not a bloke was probably he why he wasn't even a bloke he was a he was a, night, he was a nightmare it's a bloody nightmare yeah nightmare <laughs> what a nightmare no oh to- absolutely yeah. sending those nightmares Benjamin so I suppose in, in that case, we should probably talk about the serial killer convention. Um, it is definitely which to this the day, highlight. It is definitely the highlight, Michael. I think to this day, having read that um, when I was about... I read that for the first time, Michael, when I was about 16, let's say. Explains and it has lodged in my brain ever since. The notion that you might stay in a hotel for a convention, and I use mm-hmm. air quotes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you're just surrounded by fucks. Absolutely nasty creepos. fucks. <laughs> mm. It's no good. No, no es bueno. It's real haunting stuff, man. There's there's a lot of fucked up serial killers in this, and the Corinthian is really unnerving as a character because he kind of, yeah. you know, he embodies ultra capitalism. He's basically the neoliberal agenda, but for serial killers, he's like, we're gonna take it global, boys, and it's like, ah. Benjamin, there's a hint that he might have been the inspiration for the modern concept of the serial killer. That uh, Yes, so apparently he's the spark that caused... Mm. Well, I mean, when we look at that globally, Michael, it is it is a distinctly American phenomenon, isn't it? Like, Ser- serial killing. Yeah, serial killing is a, 
I don't know if it's distinctly American, but like like many forms of murder, the Americans definitely have a leg up on everyone else on it. Yeah, they they've really honed in on what makes it a really horrible time. Um, yeah, yeah. They really, yeah. they really, they've always got one one step ahead of the rest of us. Bombs and serial killers. They're just fucking smashing it. <laughs> Some great stuff there from America, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, I was particularly unnerved by. Um, by the couple of panels focused on the one kind of remorseful serial killer. Um, yeah. The guy who thinks there's something wrong with him. Yeah, the one who's actually like, well, this isn't normal. Surely this isn't okay. Yeah, and he went to the serial killer convention hoping to find someone who might be able to help him or explain what was wrong with him. And he's the only one who doesn't seem to revel in it. Yeah, he's not like... He, the, these guys are fucking itching at the convention, yeah, except yeah, yeah. for this that, guy who's like... Mm. You yeah. know, I I found that particularly haunting. Now he's obviously not a good guy either. Still a bad egg. But, oh, he's one of the worst eggs, Ben. Yeah, it's like a horrible sulfury egg. But <laughs> the fact that he kind of sits there dejected into going, oh, all these other serial killers aren't as sound as I was hoping they'd be. <laughs> boy, how dis- boy howdy how disappointing. Absolutely horrible stuff, Benjamin. And the guy, the other one who. Uh, has killed eight preoperative transsexuals because they're the only ones he was able to talk to. Horrible stuff, Neil Gaiman. Where are you, where's your brain? Where are you getting this from? I don't know. Was Neil Gaiman dusting out some cobwebs in his own noggin when that was happening? I, I don't know, Michael. There's a lot of stuff going on here. That's really, like, even the Corinthians' choice of victims, like, it's, it's heavily hinted that they're all young gay men. It's not heavily hinted. It's fl- they flat out are, aren't they? Oh, is it confirmed? Sorry, I didn't I- catch that. I think so. Yeah, well, we're only left with one choice, is that they're possibly all gay young men, and he mm. lures them in with his wife beaters and sunglasses, and then fucking I thought they scoops. were all gay prostitutes, Ben. That's that's what I thought was going on. Oh, it's entirely possible, Michael. I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Yeah, and he's just numbing down on their eyeballs. That's uh, no good. And tying them up in Greece, gross positions. Yeah, I don't like The it. Corinthian is a wonderful villain that is surprisingly short-lived in the series. Um, Incredibly so in this spin. Um, and yet he lingers in the L brain. He's been rebooted. The Corinthian is remade um, in later series of The Sandman. Um, and he's actually in his own series at the moment called Nightmare Country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that sounds about right. And he's remade as more of a not a not a hero, but certainly not a villain. Oh, he's just an old oh. nightmare. Yeah, oh. not yeah. A, not all for that, Ben. Benjamin. Yeah, I thought what was particularly interesting about the Corinthian in this uh, comic is that, and this is something that I'd forgotten even myself since it had been so long since I read this. But there is but a single panel of his spooky eyes. Yeah, that's it. And it's a big reveal. Yeah. And uh, and then he just gets done in. That's it. It's all over. There's no big fight or anything. The Sa- Sandman, the Sandman, Morpheus, he's not a superhero. He's not coming to do big fights or anything. No, no. Once he finds you, you're pretty much done. Yeah, that's it. The only thing you can do is hide. Hmm. You said it yourself, Michael, he's a force of nature. I think the comic does an amazing job of teasing the reader with that concept. So when we look at poor Jed. Old Jeddy boy, yep. Old Jeddy boy and the no good, dirty, 
federal government check cashing sons of guns that keep him in the basement, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And he's stuck Although in that awful Benjamin. Yeah. There is the slight implication that they were under the influence of of Glob and Blob. Oh, I think that I don't, I think it's more than an implication, Michael. I think it's full out stated that they were nudged in that direction. Exactly, um, but uh, only nudged though. They probably yeah, only nudged. They're anyway. still bad eggs. Mm. A couple of sulfury boys in their mm, own right. Very sulfury. Mm. But uh, one of the things that we learned from that, Michael, is um, we encounter the bizarre reincarnation of the 1979 Sandman that Jack Kirby was responsible for. One of your favourite bits, Ben. One of my favourite bits, Michael, the reincarnation of a Sandman. Uh, I enjoyed that. So that was a weird comic that ran for, I think, seven issues back in the 70s. And it was this weird superhero called Sandman. And he fought all kinds of weird adventures. And the way it's framed in this comic, Michael, I think went on to influence the likes of Mr. Miracle and things like that. We've read Mr. Miracle on this very podcast, Michael. Was Mr. Miracle not before this? Uh, no, I mean Mr. Miracle, the one that we read with Tom King with the weird panels and stuff like that. Ah. The little segments that we get of Jed's dream is is very like what a lot of modern comic book maestros are doing in their comics where they have weird out-of-sequence storytelling and new panel designs and layouts. Tom King is a huge fan of it. I think Tom King has has wholesale copied and pasted a lot of Neil Gaiman's playbook. Um, My friend Tom King. Not your friend Tom King. No, not your friend Tom King, Michael. The very successful DC comic book writer, Tom King. Sorry, I should have clarified. That's on me. Please do. Benjamin, I was reading this going, bloody Neil Gaiman, would you decide what way you want me to hold this damn thing? Ah, Michael, you may as well put a little swivel on the back of it and spin it in your hands. Just spin it round and try and figure out what way you're supposed to be reading the damn thing. Just try and figure it out, Michael, you won't. Is this side to side? Is it? What's going on, Gaiman? Help me out here, please. But I think that was kind of it, Michael. Originally, I remember reading uh, an interview with Neil Gaiman and he stated that originally he thought he was getting the 1 to 9. You know, 1 to 9, 9 to 12, and that was the wrap-up. That was mm. that was the the end of the comic because that's what a lot of people were getting at the time. Right, right, And he right. said that he certainly never expected to get the 75 issues out of Sandman that he got eventually. Um, mm. And I suppose in many ways, we're probably looking at that. Rose Hall is very possibly meant to be the final piece of the puzzle for wrapping up that arc. You know, right. she she draws all the night the dreams in like she's supposed to. Yeah. And then yep. Sandman pops up and goes, Bing bam boom. Gotcha. A bloody gotcha. Bloody fucking gotcha. <laughs> yes. Um and I think that's probably what we're supposed to get. And then Michael, it just kept going. They said, No, more please. More please. This is going very well. Very, very well. And, I mean, Benjamin, it's odd how long the um, the serial killer episode is, too. There's all sorts of breaks from convention in this goddamn thing. That serial killer issue is 39 pages. Yeah. The luxury of that, Ben, in 1989. 39 long, slow-paced pages. <laughs> the languid, just having a grand old time of it. Benjamin, 
Yes. What about the two issues which are nothing to do with the main plot? Yeah, so I think I think one of them is Neil Gaiman's get out of jail free card. I think that's the the episode about the tale that is only told to men and the tale that's only Go told on. to women where we're introduced to to Morpheus and we're introduced to Nada, Morpheus and Nada mm. or Kakul as he's known in the whatever African um he has many names. Myth. He has many names. Dream has many names. It's quite interesting, Michael, there. So I think that arc primarily exists to show us that Dream's a bit of a prick. He's no use at all. He'll Dream's no there. use. Um, I think it serves to show us, because one of the key lines there, Michael, is, you know, uh, Dream is prideful. And that's that's something that they state with no qualms. Mm. Dream is a prideful man. And yeah. we have to deal with that. As a as a thing, and it gives us his great character flaw because throughout the series, pretty much all of Sandman, Michael, is Dream trying to make up for his mistakes. Mm. He had a hundred years in a glass jar. Yeah, he got trapped, and he went, "Oh, maybe I haven't been the best at times. Should probably sort that out then." I've had a little think while I was in my glass jar. While I was in my glass jar, and probably not the best I course bend. of action. While you or I might have a little think while on the toilet having a poo. He was in a glass jar for 100 years, and that's when he did his thinking. Yeah, Morphe's got 100 years off to do a little bit of thinking, and he went from there. Realized, yeah, he realised he might have been a bit of a prick. And Benjamin, one of my favourite issues of the whole thing is the episode, the issue with um, with Hob Galding. Is that his name? Do I, I Am I saying that differently I think every time you're, I, I think you're it? almost spot on. That's such an enjoyable... That's one of Neil Gaiman's real fortes. It's just a weird little story to break up the tension of another story. Right. Uh, some people might say break up the tension. Others might say break up the flow. But yeah. it's just a weird little story right in the middle of it. Yeah. And we were introduced to Hob Golding. He'll become a recurring character in that world. Oh, will he? Uh, yeah. Sorry. I keep breaking our convention, Michael, where we've only read mm. the volume that we're in. We've sorry. only read this volume, Ben. Stop it. This one, like America, Michael, is very big. Very big. <laughs> very big. Exactly. Very, very big, fucking very big, uh, but yeah, Hob is a great L character. He just pops up, and he's a real, he's a real chancer. He's that mate that everybody has. He's like, ah, come on, come for a pint. We were old friends, and you're just like, oh fuck it, I have to go see Hob. Like, oh, I have if, to go see Hob again. If Dream had a, if if Dream had a missus, it'd be a case of you're not going to see that Hob again, are you? And it's like, I, I have to, you know, you can't just, History. you can't just leave him. Like, like yeah. I have to. Dream did have a missus, Ben. She's in hell. It's in hell. That's not directly stated block. either in this comic, Michael. Well, I think it is. Uh, that's the story told to women that we don't get to hear about. Yeah, why? Uh, was that? That's interesting, isn't it? That that's the way it was framed. The women yeah. with the, did women not read comics in the eighties? I don't think that's it, Michael. Neil Game. I think <laughs> it's the start of the meta tones of this particular comic. There's a lot of meta right, things introduced here, Michael. Um, uh, one of them is the fact that Neil Gaiman is a man. So I don't think Neil Gaiman can tell us that story because he wasn't told because it's not told to men. How clever. So I think it works that way. The other things that we see is when we're introduced to Rose Hall, um, Dream can see her, but it's as if she's outside the panel. There's a whole section where Dream is conversing with Lucy and he's like, oh no, she's here. She's over in the corner, right over there. Mm. Um, and she's already here. Us. Just have a look. And then he goes right up to us and it's like, Ugh. Ugh. get away from me, you creepy mm. little goth. There's a few little moments of that, you know, um, playing with convention, breaking forth walls, dipping in and out of different narratives. It's very good, Michael. A very good comic. Very, very good comic, Ben. What did you think of the art? Uh, look, I, I never think the art for these comics holds up. 
I think, you know, it's very good functional art, Michael. Okay, go on. So what I mean is it tells the story well. There's plenty of movement, plenty of description. We jump artists once or twice. Yes, uh, and that is a recurring thing in these comics, I believe. It is, yeah, because, you know, they just keep going, Michael, so you have to come up with new things all the time. But one of the interesting things that we see in stuff like that, Michael, is it, it's very well done. It's very, it's very good, very strong, very functional. Mm. But I never love it. I always think that everybody looks slightly generic as a concept. And what I, I mean by that what is... Rose looks like, yeah. Um, there's a lot of white people in this, Michael, except for that one issue, one thing. Mm. Um, everybody's white. Oh, go on, yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting, but they're all generic white. There's a touch of the Steve Dillons in the Mike Dreikenberg work. Everyone is a, an angular woman and a tall, modelly man, for the most part, unless he's creating a caricature, in which case you get a big, fat fella wearing Mickey Mouse ears. Mm, or Gilbert. Benjamin, or Gilbert. what's your... T- What's your take on the mixed media in this? Because I'm always interested in what your take on mixed media is. I I love a little bit of mixed media when it's used well, Michael. The covers for Sandman are some of the best you'll ever see. They're fucking weird. Spectacular stuff, Ben. Spectacular stuff. What's going on? It's like a a nightmarish collage. Um, I have the entire collected edition of Dave McKean's covers for Sandman. I bought it as a separate book. I like them so much. Too much, Ben. In that, it's probably too much. In that, Michael, he explained that him and Neil Gaiman used to go to Camden Market in the early days of the Sandman comics. And they would traipse around penny markets and flea markets and they would pick up odd jobs and knickknacks and he would make photo collages and mixed media versions of the covers out of that. Very good. So it's fucking mental. Um, the art itself, Michael, doesn't have as much mixed media as you... Mix, mic media. Uh, mic media, as you yeah, my personal media, yeah. But a lot of the time when we see this these days, Michael, you have to be careful. When these were originally published, the colour wasn't the same. What we're looking at now in almost every edition that's published in the modern era is recoloured work. Get out of here. Well, I, yeah. I'm looking at a, a copy from the from the 90s, Ben, so mine probably isn't recoloured. So I'm looking at a copy that was issued in... When was it issued? It's oh, a very good question, Michael. I should have had this I'd like to know. podcast. I'm sorry. I'd like to know when your copy was issued. My copy was issued in 2010. Oh, that probably is has been recolored. Uh, so that's been recovered, Michael, and recolored, and it says it at the bottom quite proudly, fully recolored edition. Oh, here, get out of here. And they're all sold that way now. So the artwork that we had originally is not the artwork we have today. The colors are much more vivid in the recolored. Oh, look versions. at that! Yeah, yours looks much more comic booky than mine. Much more comic booky, Michael. That's quite interesting. And that is interesting. That is very different from what again. you've read. So stick that up there for me. That's um. Like, this is terrible podcasting, but that's very interesting. Look at that. Yeah, very comic booky, Michael. Much more comic booky. Mm. That's very interesting altogether, Ben. Benjamin. Yes. There, there are even older versions than this, which um. Which have issue eight in them as well. What's issue eight, Michael? Tell me about this. Um, I, I can't find preloads and nocturnes, Ben. So this was the first Sandman collected issues, right? Because it was a it was a kind of cohesive story, Doll's House. Yeah, it was the first time they could um, kind of pull that off. They, so they collected this, and then it was such a smash hit as a collected issues 
that they said, let's just bloody collect some of the other issues as well. Let's do it with all of the collecting issues. Exactly, Ben. But rather than having issue eight, which was entirely unrelated in, they actually stuck it back as the last one in Preludes and Nocturnes. Get out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have the first edition of this, it's eight to 16. But later editions are 9 to 16. Because they were like, oh, that doesn't uh, breaks up the flow a little bit. And Neil Gaiman was like, that's fine. And Karen Berger, editor of Vertigo Comics, was like, it's not fucking fine, Neil. <sighs> Neil Gaiman, please stop it. Put, just do the story and then you can do your little flights of whimsy. You yeah, Trench fuck. coat wearing <laughs> fucker. In fairness, we owe a lot to Karen Berger and we probably shouldn't cuss her out in the podcast. Yeah, She's no, no, we're, we're, cussing, we're cussing at Neil Gaiman. Yeah, we're, we're more cussing at Neil. Yeah, we're try and be more standard Neil. Neil. Jesus. Figure it out. Jesus fucking Christ. Benjamin, what else are you reading? In, in life in general? <laughs> no, if you like this. If you like this, um, just work your way through the what is now a bottomless Sandman pit, Michael. There's so many mm. things you can watch. There's, on the, on the I think it was the 25th anniversary, they released a brand new Sandman story featuring the original Morpheus, um, which was Overture, and that was all about, um, that was all about the time just before uh, the Sandman was captured. Oh, prelude. In volume pre-lids. one, and it's called Overture. And then take a look at the new DC stuff, the Sandman Universe stuff. We've done a few reviews here. Check out the Lucifer one that we've done. Check out the Constantine one that we've done. Have a look at Nightmare Country. It's a very good comic, despite having a bit of a a damp squib Corinthian. It's quite good. Mm. Yeah, all worth a read. Mm. And Benjamin, obviously then, it it has in its existence inspired to highs and lows, certain to to more higher and lower degrees almost anything spooky or frightening for the last 25 years I think it's hard to do any kind of metaphysical mystical comic without paying some kind of homage to uh, Sandman I know uh, for one thing Joe Hill who did Lock and Key he -hmm. said that Lock and Key would not have happened without Sandman Um, not a chance Benjamin not a chance Um, so much so that they did a special homage edition of Sandman and Lock and Key mixed universe at one Mm. point yeah oh fun yeah even even TV shows like Supernatural Ben Supernatural wouldn't exist without this either no human gods walking amongst us get fucked Get out of here. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you when you've read all of this, you can just hop straight onto Neil Gaiman's actual books where he finally said, God, I've written so many words, I might as well do a book. Might as well just make books. Yeah, yeah, just do books because oh. they're, they're, they're often similar in tone and theme, Benjamin. American they're almost Gods identical in certain cases. American Gods is obviously my personal favourite, but if you like the short story nature of some of the the side stories of this, like... Dream and Nada or Hobgalding, then you'll love Neil Gaiman's collected story, short stories. Fragile Things is arguably one of the best sci-fi fantasy short story collections of all time. Of all time, um, Benjamin. And you could probably take a look at that and go, oh, this is this is very, this is very good. It's very good. I think I have it here. I think it's in the background of... Uh, it's probably show. knocking around there somewhere, Michael. Probably knocking around there somewhere. Well, ladies and gentlemen, yes, it really doesn't matter what we two have to say about it. What do you have to say about you the listener the listener have to say about it you can get in touch with us in a few different places to let us know you can get in touch with us on the interwebs at www.seomrabug.com s-e-o-m-r-a-b-e-a-g.com 
it means tiny room in Irish and it's back online because I accidentally left the domain lapse last week but it's back <laughs> but it's back it's back Woo-hoo. now it's back now <laughs> if Michael's got COVID brain you'll have to forgive him I've got COVID brain you can also find us on Instagram at Collecting Issues you can find us on <laughs> Twitter at Collecting Issue we've only Here got we go. the one Collecting Issue one issue <laughs> But the best way to get in touch with us, ladies and gentlemen, is to Benjamin. get right up on that Discord. Yes. I know you're going to encourage the listeners to get on the Discord, but I hate that it's collecting issue. I know I no. bring this up every episode. I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. God damn it, Twitter. Anyway, get on the Discord. It's great. It's real poor work from the lads at Twitter. Real poor work yeah. from them. Get on Discord instead. Will indeed. Uh, I'm already up there but you know you know what I mean Michael Uh, join us in two weeks time ladies and gentlemen where apparently we're going to try and read Animal Man volume 2 yet again from the classic Grant Morrison (laughs) series in the 80s Benjamin I still look forward to that never happening it's never going to happen if you have any suggestions for comics that you'd like us to include Mm. uh, on the podcast please get in touch with us anywhere that we just listed I'm off to have a little snooze, ladies and gentlemen. Have some dreams. Nighty night. Uh, uh, soothing dream sounds. Stuff of fucking nightmares. It'd be easier if the Corinthian came in to visit me.